This is the Halloween Unleashed Podcast, featuring the cutting room floor. And now, here are your hosts for the week. Welcome everyone to a special episode of Halloween Unleashed. Today we dive into part three with Dan Farrens or Daniel Farrens, uh, the Halloween 6 writer and someone who has had just a remarkable career. It's been awesome uh, peeling back the curtain about him as a filmmaker, as a person, and most importantly, one of the most controversial installments in the Halloween franchise, Halloween The Curse of Michael Myers or Halloween 6 or Halloween 666 or The Origin of Michael Myers, whatever you want to call it. Um, It's definitely been awesome. Uh, Conspicuous by his absence is uh, my co-host Dylan Cloud. Um, I had to cancel this week's recording and if I sound extremely subdued, um, it's due to the fact that you know, I've I've stated on this podcast, and some have thought um, that it was a sales pitch, and it really wasn't. I was being 100% factual and serious, and I found this product because I had to go gluten free. But uh, many have have wondered if the Red Bridge gluten-free beer was just a set, was just a sales pitch for the sponsor. And no, I I seriously have a very intense um, gluten allergy to the point where it could be borderline celiac disease. And for those of you that don't know anything about this, just go look up the symptoms um, once you've been exposed. Uh, this past Saturday, I was out with uh, with family, and uh, my dad's uh, wife had her kid and her grandkid um, in town. We went to uh, we went out to eat, and you know you can stress gluten free, gluten free, gluten free. I have a gluten allergy, gluten intolerance, and gluten you know no gluten, no gluten, no gluten, no gluten. And unless you live the lifestyle, I found that even as a, a as a server, servers are still very uneducated, and you would not think that due to the type of profession that they're in, uh, where they're serving food. Um, listen, people, peanut allergy is a real thing. There's some people that are so deathly allergic that if they get just exposed to airborne peanut they can be they can that's an EpiPen incident um, celiac disease gluten intolerance gluten allergy severe gluten allergies is very real and um, when I'm exposed first of all I know it within 45 minutes um, I start yawning like crazy uh, sudden tiredness. Um, I start to feel extremely overfull to the point of like I've had two Thanksgiving dinners full. Um, and it stays like that pretty much for two days. Like I don't eat for like two days. And 
the worst headaches imaginable and no energy, irritable, extremely irritable. Um, you know, I'm not going to go into all the other stuff, but it, 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 it's very, very uncomfortable. And I am still, as I'm recording this, um, I'm like five days into it and I'm still feeling the effects. Now, what I had to eat wasn't anything of question. I was very, very careful about what I ordered. Um, I ordered, I ordered a steak. Um, and I ordered a Caesar salad and I really wanted a baked potato because that's safe, but they had French fries. I elected not to have French fries. I did steam broccoli instead, um, just because I didn't want the chance of cross contamination because when you have this situation, you have to ask the servers, do you fry your, um, French fries and the same fryer as you say your chicken nuggets or anything that has breading on it. And if the answer is yes, then you got to go a different direction because you can't take the chance of getting violently ill. And that's exactly what happened to me. So I took, I took extra precaution. Now, who's to say that what they cook the steak on isn't the same thing they cook something else on that had traces of gluten in it. Who's to say that they're hidden seasonings, which I didn't taste any seasonings on it, but you just never know. Um, you got to stay away from a lot of shredded cheeses when you're out at uh, restaurants, because when they buy those things in the big bulk packages, um, the one thing to keep cheese from clumping and sticking together is uh, factories. They do that with wheat or flour or whatever which is gluten. So you got to stay away from that stuff. You got to start being very aware of what's going on with your body and your system. But didn't mean to go off on a tangent on that, but I wanted to just kind of lay the groundwork of why Dylan's not here. I, I just told him, I said, man, I, I'm not up for recording um, today. Uh, I can do something solo on my own. He offered to record something for me, um, which was extremely nice of him. But I, you know, I just wanted to kind of explain what was going on and why this week's going to be a little different. Uh, we do got part three of Daniel Farron's. We get to find out what that phone call with Donald Pleasance is all about, which I'm excited about. We start to go into uh, production and you know, the cast members and the stuff that we all are have been waiting for for the last two weeks. We really start to get into that uh, more in depth, which I think is awesome. Uh, before we go there, uh, first of all, we're going to play a voicemail sent in by Matt Gross. Matt, thank you and take it away. And um, we're going to play this interview straight through. And then we'll be back next week. Dylan and I will be back to just kind of recap this episode. And then we're going to put a button on the Daniel Farron's um, miniseries. And then we're going to start getting into, um, hopefully we'll start getting into the Marianne Hagen miniseries. Um, just spoke with her last night and 
She still is under the weather, but we're going to do some sort of a little teaser on Friday. 10, 15 minute, just improv. Just to let you know that she's legit going to be on the show and is on the show. And all this is 100% real. So with that being said, enjoy the voicemail and enjoy part three with Daniel Ferens. Hey, Chris, uh, Matt Gross here. I was just calling in and saying, love the show, man. Keep up the good work. And the ones you co-host with Dylan, those ones are great, too. Uh, remember, everyone, rock hard dicks, gluten-free beer, and respect. You know, just how, you know, he's like, you, you, I have to, you know, I have to set a call for Dan and Donald Pleasance. Like, he was kind of like taking care of me in a way like and, and a lot of producers were as young as Malik was. And it was like associate producer. He was, he did take care of people, you know? And, and like, if somebody like something like that, he knew how much that would mean to me. So he, he asked Donald to call me and this was, I think I was still in LA. Um, I want to say I was in LA when I had that phone call, but anyway, um, I just remember hearing his voice on the phone for the first time and I almost dropped the phone. I bet. What was it that was, like? Like, do you, do, do you remember mean, what he said to you or, yeah, I do. I remember him saying that the the script was the best he'd read since the first movie. He was so happy to be a part of it wow. that he'll play Lewis forever until Halloween, whatever he said, 36 or I forget what the number was, but there was, you know, he was going to 22. Yes, you're right. Uh, he would do 22. And uh, he told me that and um, just that he it, it kept him up. That's and, and then he told me the story. He had an agent in London, this little lady who had been his agent for, you know, God knows how long. Um, <laughs> said that she couldn't. She had to sleep with the lights on after she read the script. She was terrified. That's great. That had to make so you feel I, awesome inside. Yeah. Oh my god! I remember I was smiling ear to ear, and I just you could you you just it's it's one it's that's just one of those dream moments where you know, wow, this really is happening. I'm like, I can't believe it. You know, it's it's like the that that I think maybe I felt more accomplishment than at any other time in that process than. Mm-hmm. that moment that that was the biggest validation for me was hearing from him now do you know how long uh donald pleasance was on set for total like how many days during the I, shoot i don't remember the exact number of days but i felt like he was there almost the whole time i mean i think maybe he came in a couple days later um than like the start i don't i remember he wasn't there on day one because i was on set the, almost the whole day just you know filming shit and that's the stuff that you guys have seen yeah um that was the first day um but, uh, yeah, I want to say he maybe came two or three days down the road and, um, yeah, he, I want to say he was there for the, for the duration of the shoot. You know, I think it was a, it wasn't a long shoot. It was like four weeks. It wasn't long. Wow. Yeah, no, it was, it was pretty quick. Um, mm-hmm. now did you get a chance to have a, have a face to face with him while, like when he got to set or yep, was it once, okay. once I did. And I, I just stayed out of his way. I just didn't want to intrude you know it was like hello who i am it was all very like it was almost like it was like meeting the king you know <laughs> like, sure. here's my Basic audience stuff. i'm going to take yeah. the moment i'm going to you know but then I, he needed to you know i just didn't want to be that you know oh you know following him around or asking him questions i just i wanted to observe and um and that's what i did so uh it was it was very 
poignant and sweet and he was really slowing down at that, that time. That was actually my next question is uh yeah. you know, obviously he didn't last long after the filming of this no, of this movie no. but what was his health like during the shooting of this film with it being so cold and so, some of the stuff mm. that he had to do? Well, I remember a couple things like I <laughs> I don't I remember what I think it was Paul Freeman had told me he goes, "Oh my god, I was having a conversation with Donald Pleasance and walking down the hall and all of a sudden I look and he's like all the way at the back of the hall. Like, you can, <laughs> like I left him in the dust. I didn't know he was that slow. Yeah. So, you know, you could tell even in the movie, the way he moves was very kind of, you know, everybody's out running him. It's not like, and so we couldn't, you know, there were just things in the script that we ultimately had to lose. Like there was a thing about a helicopter, and all this big, big set piece stuff, which yeah, you, probably you, wouldn't um, have been budgeted for anyway. Yeah. The, the, the draft that I read, like if I read it correctly, I pictured, like Dr. Loomis from like Halloween four when he was in that type of shape. Right. And that's, totally. that's kind of how it came across to me, you know, is that, yep. that's what and you're then expecting. They won't. Yeah. And they wanted to write out the burns and the, that because he just, they, they're like, we can't put this man through these hours of makeup, you know, for this yeah. movie. He just, he's not, it just takes something to sit in that chair, you know, for, for hours on end. And, and they just, I don't think that was any request of his. I think it was literally them just feeling guilty about doing it to him. So I, I didn't write the line, but I know somebody, probably Joe, wrote the line of like, oh, I had plastic surgery and uh, I'm all cured. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Scared children. It's just this goofy, like, you know, Tin Pan Alley dialogue that, you know, I didn't write it. But, you know, I think it was a way to, you know, succinctly tell the audience, like, well, how what happened to the burns? And, you know, why is Loomis not on fire anymore? But people, people still to this day, and I, I find this completely just weird that uh, with it being out there now that people have not watched the producer's cut and they look at the that theatrical cut and yeah. where, where they're like, yeah, they didn't even explain Donald's uh, no burns. burns. I'm like, oh, yeah, go yeah. watch the producer's cut. At I least mean, they, 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 or they explain it, but in a way, in a eh, sort of real at least it's there. Way. Yeah, at least it's there. Yeah. So, just. Um, you know what? Which hotel did did everybody stay? At? I I was out there to oh. go could do could to go do sightseeing out there at one point, mm-hmm. and I did mm-hmm. some skiing out there, which beautiful oh, city. Right. Um, oh yeah. And I got to hang out with the guy at the Myers house, still same guy, and like one of the <laughs> one of the platforms in the tree still out there. I mean, he was a cool guy. Oh man. wow, really? I was cool. gonna say, are they are they still mad that we cut down their tree in front yeah, of the house? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, that was yeah. You, you oh, guys gosh. aren't you guys aren't getting out of that. Um, oh, that was horrible. I felt I, so bad. I remember them coming with the chainsaws and he was pissed. Chopping that tree down. <laughs> well, but well, I don't know how pissed he was because he took some money. I mean, they paid him. Yeah, uh, but he still wasn't happy about it. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. But, you know, the, at the end of the day, the movie wouldn't have worked. You couldn't have seen into the window. Sure. It was definitely part of the part of the story. But, uh, I mean, that was horrible. That was like probably a hundred year old tree. That was just awful that they had to, you know. But, I, but one thing I will say about that location, what, that was not the original location, that house. Really? Yeah, there was another one that had been picked. And uh, talk about like the whole coming full circle with like the Santa Rosa school board and this is what I was told was that they had, and I remember seeing pictures of this house and they had it all laid out. I didn't go there, but I remember seeing the photographs of it. And I was like, Oh wow, that really looks like the, the Michael Myers house. It was much more um, in the line of the, the house from the first film. I'd like to see film. pictures of that. If you have it. Or... I, don't, I don't, I don't. I remember the Damn. production office had them up on the wall and, 
I was like, oh, that's a pretty cool house. I remember the one thing about it was it was kind of on a busier street. It wasn't like that neighborhood, but they're like, we'll fake it. You won't know that it's on a busy street. But the house itself looked looked right. It looked much closer to the original than than anything we'd seen before. Um, And that was all locked in. And literally, I want to say like two days before shooting, the people, the owners found out it was a Halloween violent horror film. And they were like, no, we're Mormon. You can't shoot in our house. Go away. And I remember there was like the location. People were on this mad scramble to find something. And they found that house. Well, that was not the first house. To be honest, I mean, what what ended up in in film, it it wasn't bad. I mean, it, at least it looked closer to the to, to the to the one in the original than the you one know Halloween what? Five. They definitely tried, and I think it had what we needed, but it wasn't for me. I just you know, I my you know, writer's head fans of Halloween series, you know, from the beginning. You you know, it's yeah. no, I envisioned that house, you know, yep, the, the exactly. actual house. And, you know, like, and it's just always like one of those things that like, oh, but in Resurrection, they can go build that on a soundstage. That's okay. That's what, they that was to, always you know. <laughs> completely like dumbfounded me. I'm like, you know, you, you got it right in what's considered to be right. one of the worst sequels in the entire franchise. <laughs> and weirdly enough, like they barely even showed it. I don't think there's like even maybe yeah. more than one or two shots of the facade of that, that, that set they built, which looked beautiful. It did. Uh, but it real, but I just was like, wait, what, why aren't you showing it more? You've spent all this money on this set and you're not even like doing like crane shots over it. You're not doing anything with it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so we, you know, we, we got the location and it's, it's just all these little things that were just not quite, you know what I want would, would if I had directed it, I wouldn't have wanted it to be that, you know, but you know, you were there. It was made very clear that, you know, we were calling the shots, you know, as the producers and the production people behind this movie were, this is, this is us. We decided. Yep. Yeah. Um, so. any fun cast and crew stories that you can share that stand out in your mind? Cause you, um, you said that you guys hung out at the hotel, which by, by yeah. the way, where, where, where did you guys stay? Uh, did you guys stay oh, at the Hilton uh, there or? Uh, it's called the University Park Hilton, and it was where they okay. stayed with all the two previous movies. They had uh, kind of a deal there. You know, they'd done four yep. and five, and they stayed at that same hotel for both of them, and they welcomed us at, uh, They welcomed us back. Um, That's awesome. Not us back, but those people. They all knew them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sure. I, was, I was a new kid. Um, I do remember Kelly Lookinland, who's the wife of Mike Lookinland, better known as Bobby Brady, was on the crew and and mike was a cameraman who lives in salt lake or did at the time i don't know if he still does but he um from the brady bunch who he i think he was a like a first ac or something like that on halloween four maybe five so yeah bobby brady was definitely part of the crew wow um now did uh did the producers get you guys like um you know rentals while you're there so you can get back and forth because obviously you don't have your own transportation there like right. what was that what no, was that like it was a crew van you know we you know meet Fun. the lobby every morning we'd have we all you know pile in and you know end up sitting on somebody's lap uh, <laughs> probably, What's paul, it? Paul, probably paul rudd more than anything because he just let you sit there he didn't care uh, was it uh <laughs> was it the vans that we saw appear in the film <laughs> um i don't think so i don't i, I was joking i was joking no 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 but yeah no i know what you're talking about though um yeah. but yeah maybe they were i don't know because again like you try to save wherever you can save uh i don't think they were like trans i remember the being more like hotel vans they felt more like you know they were comfortable seats and <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't like you know we were in steerage accommodations i mean it was fine 
but yeah, yeah they would just transfer transport you to and from the set and uh that's kind of how that went uh, i'm sure the local crew you know brought their own cars but th- those of us staying at the at the hotel were we had a we had a van sure now yeah. any any fun cast and crew stories that you can share or that mm-hmm. stand out in your mind from that shoot there were so many like i don't know i just I remember JC Brandy who played Jamie. And again, there you heard the story before about, you know, poor Daniel Harris yeah. and why she didn't end up in the movie. And thank God we're friends to this day. And she's done me so many favors and played. She doesn't blame you. Though. No, 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 no. She, I mean, we, cause we, we, were, we were all good, but they, um, they were yeah, here for a convention uh, here in Orlando. And she actually tweeted mm-hmm. a picture of all of us. Like, uh, oh, cool. we, we all cosplayed, um, uh, in all of my masks, like from the various movies and she held the knife. I stood behind her ah, and it, like she, she, yeah. And I got to talk with her and hang out with her and her manager that night. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we were just, we were all talking. They had nothing but kind things to say about you. So that's why I oh, said, yeah, she doesn't so hold nice. you responsible. They're just, she's the best. I mean, she's like, you know, just somebody that I, you know, and I got to know her as, you know, as a friend, as years went on after all that went down and yeah. um, just, you know, I think we both, joke about it now but i mean we've there actually been a couple times where we've we've joked about like let's just get a you know a, a camera and 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 let's you know she was like i'll just wear that baby bump i don't care i'll just play the part and we'll just put all my scenes back in the movie <laughs> it's like dude I'm, that would be i got the mask I, i'm definitely on board <laughs> whenever you are i think we're all a little too old now but uh <laughs> she, uh she's just funny she'll be like i don't care you don't have to pay me i would be fun we should just go into some tunnel and you can wheel me down on a stretcher oh <laughs> yeah oh yeah um so, i mean again but what I was in the story I wanted to tell you about was JC and just like the antithesis of what I would have expected for Jamie Lloyd. Like they're like, here's Jamie Lloyd. She just got off a plane. I mean, they flew her in on like probably the night before she was ready to shoot and it was snowing. And I remember we were in one of those like terrible, like, you know, tents where, you know, they expect you to eat a meal, but it was like, you know, 10 degrees outside if he's in. And, um, she came walking up and she had a, I think her boyfriend at the time was with, and they were in like kind of like a punk band, you know, and JC had like the hair with like the, you know, she was very kind of like a goth chick at the time. Maybe, maybe I'm being horrible. And I, I, I adore her. We're very that, was friends, to- I mean, that was the time. That was the time. She was though. going through that phase, you know, yeah. she, it was like something about her band. And, and I remember <laughs> she had a lunchbox. <laughs> I think the band was called lunchbox. If I, if I'm not mistaken. That's fantastic. And <laughs> she just like, she, that was her thing. She carried the lunchbox around and, <laughs> But she was super into it, and like for the minute, I was I was kind of worried. I'm like, how are they gonna? How's this gonna work? She, that's not Danielle Harris. And uh, but I just remember the beginning. I felt cool, like she and I were cool with each other because she came up to me and she's like, "Oh my god, I have to talk to you." And I'm like, "What?" And she goes, "Something." And oh god, she wants me to rewrite her part. I'm, I'm like, you, "You're pregnant. You're <laughs> running around with a baby." Um, but anyway, but she's like, "Can I ask you a question about one of these scenes?" And I'm like, "Of course." And she goes. Or he says the um, the stomach pounder, isn't that from the fog? And I said, yeah. She, I said, you're the first one who's gotten that. She goes, I knew it. She's like, you're like the I fucking love John Carpenter and I know all his movies and I could tell that you do too. So <laughs> that was her first sort of like you know, fangirl, you know, getting excited about it and saying we we were kind of on the same team. 
That's awesome. And you probably felt yeah. like, wow, yeah, this is really coming full circle now. So that's, yeah, that's it was nice. I mean, again, I would have loved yeah. it to have been Danielle and she was cast in the movie. I remember when they, you know, when they, in the production office where they, you know, where they're putting the movie together, they put the actors headshots on the wall and, and they were, it was all kind of filling up almost like a Hollywood squares kind of thing. And like a big bulletin board with all their photos, you know, their head, their headshots. And, uh, and there was Danielle's face, you know, right there for the longest time. Wow. Um, little, little sidebar here, like just, just so you can kind of get a perspective is like, obviously the theatrical cut came out and nobody knew what the hell that was. Uh, but right, I'm, yeah, well, huh, like I'm sitting right. there, with, I'm sitting there with my best friend and we're watching this opening night, September 29th, 1995, mm-hmm. sitting there in the theater, um, yep. watching this and we're watching this lady just screaming bloody murder, trying to have I a baby and all this, all this shit. And I'm looking over at him. I'm like, who the fuck is this? And oh, I know n- what you're saying. None okay. of us it wasn't knew. like the lady in the audience, like screaming, having fun with the movie. It was like, it was Jane, no. the, the girl giving JC Brandy. Yeah. You're like, yeah. This girl? Yeah, exactly. And so it wasn't until the nurse who got impaled on the wall when she said, Jamie, and I'm like, oh, that's that's Jamie Lloyd. Wow, she doesn't Uh, look the same. She doesn't look the same because she wasn't the same. Exactly. Um, But a 17, naive, (laughs) I I mean, I didn't know. I mean, oh, I know. But I was like, yeah. Yeah, it was just, you know, and I think, you know, I know it's just Jamie. It was just a character that I don't think they valued you know enough Mustafa got it i remember he championed danielle he he went to bat for her with the with the money the, the studio you know and and i think that be, that was the beginning of the frustrations that the akkad felt with oh now we have these partners and now they're going to come in and tell us what we can and can't do or what they will or will not pay for and i remember danielle's people weren't asking for a ton of money for her they no, were like five grand you know well i don't know if that was like the specific number but i think it was you know, it would have covered, she had emancipated herself and she yeah. spent her own money to kind of be in the movie already. And they're like, listen, we're like, we're not asking for much. And the Miramax people, the, the, the accountants, we'll call them the, you know, the, the, the bean counters, the suits, were like, no. the suits, they're like, no, <laughs> nope, 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 nope. We were paying her basically like the low budget day rate. And that's what she's getting. Oh, and then like, and Danielle, and I remember being, I could hear Danielle's voice on like a speakerphone in this conference room that we were using at the hotel. And she's like, guys, I can't, I can't do this. I just, I can't. And I remember like, please. <laughs> now, here, and I remember, and most of what was in there and he's like, I will talk to them. I will do, you know, but he wasn't at that point. It was corporate. Yeah. And, and this probably is it. I mean, I get it. This is not how this works, but you know, you almost like are probably thinking in your head, Mustafa, couldn't you just under the table, like give her a bonus right. or something out of your own something. pocket? You know? I know. I know. And again, I'm a, I wasn't, I can't say cause I wasn't privy I know. to you know, how know. that all went down. But I think that, but I also don't think there was any interest on Danielle's part in furthering conversations with people who treated her so badly you know, like, it's almost like, I think she didn't want to do it just to go, even if they had come back to her probably with the money, I think she, her pride was hurt and I don't sure. blame her. I don't either. Um, and maybe her people were also like, fuck them, you know, and then they're going to have this movie with some other girl and people are going to hate them. And they were right. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, yeah, um, that's a you know. huge topic, topic. Of so, you know, in a way, Dan, Danielle won. And one of the things was she's like, wow, you know, she, she still she still gets residuals off of Halloween six because of that little clip they used. So she's like, you know, I didn't lose. Yeah, sure. Okay. 
fine. It all, it all comes get, back. You know, I, I get paid. I get paid for doing nothing. So I, you know, glad I didn't help these people that treated me like crap. Now, um, moving on here, just moving on. Uh, who do you keep? By the way, I just with? want to close that and say she would have loved to have done it, <laughs> and boy, would we have loved to have had her. Yeah, and but you know what though, the 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 way it ultimately ended up, it's probably a good thing because if she would have just got killed off like that in the first fifteen minutes, well, I, I think you know, I, would, I wonder though if they if they be, if she had been involved, if they would have you know creatively, we could have had a little more power. You know, I still wonder about that one of, you know, like if it'd been Danielle and I and even Joe Chappelle and like, and just kind of saying, hey, no, we got to stick with what the original plan was. Like, she's a valuable character and we need to keep her on. And because the way I wrote the original version, the original script was she was in, in the movie until the very end. And she, so she, she just she wasn't it. laying up in a coma and then she mm-hmm. didn't get shot. Well, she, was, she was, well, she didn't get shot, but she disappeared from the hospital, kind of a la... Laurie Strode and Halloween too, how they go into the room and she's not in the bed anymore. Um, And it was that kind of thing. And then she, she came back at the end and kind of during the whole cult thing that, you know, went on and, and she led the, the group out of there and she knew the tunnels. So she was able to get them out. And so she sort of does this. I always called it my like Maggie versus uh, the Duke of New York moment where (laughs) she (laughs) escaped from New York where she, uh, she sort of stands in his way um, to let the others go. And she was really wounded and she'd been stabbed and beaten to hell. Um, but she kind of puts up this final stand against Michael Myers and there's a big battle and she, you know, really lays into him. Um, but ultimately she dies, but it's more of a sacrificial death, you know, to pass the torch kind of a death than it is to just wipe out this character. Cause we don't want to pay the actress. Now did, you know, would she have been the one to say the power of the ruin stopped stopped them? <laughs> well, I don't know who is going to say that because I didn't write it. Who actually wrote that? Wrote. Uh, Joe wrote that. Did you ever look at him and say, "Dude, I thought this was our movie"? Well, I mean, there I were moments totally where out, things totally were just, were, as things went on, I just you know there was tension because I'm like, what? the fuck is this? <laughs> you see your words that are not your words anymore, you know, and you see scenes that are, I mean, I, I've told this story before, but I mean, I remember there was like that, you know, I told you I was kind of there for that first 10 days or so and basically locked in my hotel room making further changes to accommodate the weather that they put us in the middle of. Um, but I remember just going down, I was like another one of those all nighting, all night writing sessions and I went down to the, production office to do something and uh and they're in the corner they're watching dailies from the night before and it was i want to say it was <laughs> the scene with the with the, the the shock chalk who's been tied up and put into the tree mm-hmm. and i'm like and i'm looking at these takes like one after the other after the other and i'm like what is that and I'm like well that's the scene of the tree i'm like what like that's that's like that this is like test footage right this is like somebody did this in their like backyard right no that's that's the footage what are you talking about that's the scene that you wrote i'm like i didn't write that wow (laughs) you have christmas lights wrapped around his face and he looks like a mannequin that doesn't even look real and um so they didn't that was the moment where i remember i i was like uh you need to shut the fuck up and i remember paul freeman like yeah we're trying to make a bad movie and i said well if that's the movie then that's what you're doing yeah wow and i was not popular after that comment and then um but but that and then i remember mustafa walked 
<laughs> of this like kind of like break without even knowing, you know, he just walked, happened to walk in at that moment. He's like, you know, I need a title for this movie. I said, you know what you should call this movie? The Curse of Michael Myers. But to you know, be honest was, with you, though, I've always dug that title. I mean, I, no, I know I it was, was, I, I'm not kidding you. I said it as a joke. I said it as a kind of like, you know what? This is curse because everything I'm seeing is bullshit. And it <laughs> seems like that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, wow. because it's so cursed, we should just call it. the. And I was completely being like kind of a dick. And uh, he liked the title. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've always, get it, you know, he's like, oh, I like that. That's it's the return, it's the revenge, it's the curse. I said, yeah, it's like the Pink Panther movies. <laughs> yeah, I, I've always heard that over the years too, and it's like, to, to be honest, like you know, I saw mm -hmm. like the Halloween six six six, the origin of Michael Myers. I saw that right. in the trailers early Which on with the crow. Never was anything. I don't even know. Like that was never the title of the movie. So where that ever came from? I think one of the early writers called his movie or his script the origin, but we never nobody. In the production, nobody involved in the making of the movie, no, no, none of the scripts, no one ever used that word origin, never. And it was just Halloween 666, that's that's all it was Correct. initially? Okay. But to, to be honest with you, though, like, you know, uh, for, for him to be under this, quote, influence and this curse behind him and why he won't die, I mean, it... The title ends up working, you know, like joke yeah, or not, it yeah. does, it does work. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, it works, but I just didn't, I'm telling you when I came up with it, I was kind of in this, like... Sure place where I was like, what the f you know, I was in those, when those angry moments of just like, what are you doing? What is, what are you guys making out there? Well, I'm like in this hotel room and you're putting like mannequins up in trees. Just, like, I, I, I just, I, I was, I was, I was gobsmacked. Um, so I just, you know, again, I think I was reminded just, you know, know your place at that yeah. moment. And, so uh, not some, again, Mustafa didn't care what I said. It was more the, you know, the egotistical, like, you know, production people well probably by that point he was probably fed up too you know because you know it sounded like there was a well, lot of tension between both sides i think he was he was the very beginnings of realizing that this partnership with with the weinsteins was not going to go smoothly you know it was going to be a it was going to be a, a a a battle of wills and um so yeah i think it was just again it was this was, I think, maybe the second movie that, that, that the, the Dimension team had ever done. I think they had done the Hellraiser. Yeah, they'd done Hellraiser 4, which was in trouble already. Yep. And, and then ours. Yeah. Well, you know, this is, this is you and I armchair quarterbacking here. Um, do, right. you think, do you think that uh, Mustafa was probably thinking, we should have we went with New Line? Oh, all the time. I don't think he ever... <laughs> I, 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 I don't think there was ever a moment where he didn't say that or think that. Yeah. I think he said it to. I think Malik often said you should have done it with New Line. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, there were, were many years where he would have, you know, Malik would would have, you know, loved to, including and beyond H two O and all the other ones later, would have loved nothing more than for the Weinstein's to have let that option expire so that he could just take it somewhere else. Which now, thankfully, he's been able to do. Yeah, with the um, yeah. But and certainly not before all the scandal. Um, but yeah, it was, it was not good <laughs> and it was never easy. And it was just the bane of their existence having to deal with these, you know, crazy. And I can say that now very openly crazy people yeah. who were just in it, just, you know, they just enjoyed the pissing match. If they well, could you... say no, just because it upset the other side, they would say no.
Oh yeah, it was, I, I, it was contentious and it was unpleasant. I say this all the time um, in in my marketing business, but I say there's some people that just they get off on saying no, just just to piss, just to be a dick. And there's people out there that are like that, so yep. I can totally see that. Um, yeah. Now l- let me. It was me bad. Add- it was exactly that. It was. You know why I'm going to say no because it upsets you. you know, yeah, it's because that I can. That because I can. And yeah. I know that it's going to rub you the wrong way. So I'm going to say something, you know, I'm going to do something, make a decision here that's, you know, and I don't, I don't know contractually who got to finally have the kind of tiebreaker in a, in a dispute. But I mean, I do know that after six became the subject of those, you know, kind of awful reshoots that um, the economy oh, yeah. walked away from, yeah. they were, I remember I was there the day in, in that Santa Monica office I was telling you about, and uh, I was standing in a hallway with Joe Chappelle both of us looking like, what the hell is going on? Looking at each other like, well, <laughs> I guess we don't have producers. Because wow. I remember Paul Freeman and Malik and all their staff walked out, briefcases in hand, desks cleared out. Thanks for listening to Halloween Unleashed, featuring the cutting room floor. Be sure to follow us at anchor.fm slash Halloween Unleashed and on our official Facebook page at facebook.com slash groups slash Halloween Unleashed. For all video versions of the cutting room floor, please visit youtube.com slash user slash DylanCloud97 and subscribe. Be sure to share our episodes on social media and we'll be back next week with an all new episode.